Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Tappan with Taco podcast. I'm your host, Takato Watanabe. On today's episode, I interview Monica, who has mentored countless military veterans during their transition to their civilian jobs. She's made a huge impact in the veteran community and she shares her knowledge on career readiness and the importance of branding. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the Tapping with Taco podcast. Thank you for being here today. I'll go ahead and let you introduce a little bit about what you've done for the veteran community. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, I have a 40-year background in professional companies, and most of my careers were all done in the fashion industry. And then I had a personal tragedy happen in my life. My son was killed in Afghanistan, and I decided to dedicate my time to veterans and military families and spouses. So I've kind of been in this space in a big way in the last seven years. I do have a military background. My father served and my brother served, but I never served, but I give this opportunity right now to serve those that serve. So I'm very excited that I'm in this space. Awesome. Awesome. That's amazing that you're doing all the great things and and you're extremely active on LinkedIn and helping a lot of other veterans transition out. And I want to dive into some of the things that we've talked about in the past is career readiness uh, for military service members transitioning out. What specifically does career readiness mean? Uh, I like to define it as you always have to be ready for opportunities. Sometimes opportunities present themselves to you, and sometimes you sometimes create your own opportunities. So as a veteran transitioning out of active duty, you kind of have to start this process ideally 16 months in advance to kind of go through the process because you don't know maybe what you want to do next. You don't know what your next MOS is going to be. So you have to do some soul searching. So I love that people are just constantly ready because you just never know when an opportunity might arise. So when you say constantly ready, what are some key things that service members should have in order to be ready? Um, First, I think you have to answer the why and the what. I think there's some real importance to kind of know what you want to do and why you want to do it. So there's a lot of great resources on that. I then have to have a great brand. You know, what is your LinkedIn presence? What are other social medias, if it's appropriate? You know, what does that resume look like? What is that resume for an ATS system versus a resume that you might hand to somebody? What does that interview process look like? And how do you research companies? I mean, there's in Seattle market, there's over 10,000 companies that call themselves tech and we probably can name 10. So how do you find that company and company culture? And the great news is most of this information is, you know, based currently on the internet. And you also get to a bunch of informational interviews and you can talk to people because of the great platforms like LinkedIn and Federati, where you have access to people who might just do an information interview and you're going to learn a lot about companies, careers, and how people transitioned. It's, it is overwhelming though, with the number of options and opportunities out there. Whereas in the military, you kind of used to one path or a couple of different paths. How would you suggest that veterans kind of take this opportunity and plan out or or roadmap out their, their next path forward? 
Um, I want to go back to kind of some soul searching um, because just because you were, you know, an IT in the military doesn't mean that's maybe want to do as a civilian life. So there's a lot of great career resources and personality type testing, career type testing that you can do to kind of help resonate what you want to do. There are people who say, follow your passion. Um, then there's people who say, don't, because my passion might be that I love to listen to music. That doesn't mean I can make a career out of playing music. So you have to sometimes find that happy medium. But I think as you soul search and you find out, you know, do you want to be in a cube? Do you not want to be in a cube? Do you like working with people? Do you not like working with people? And as all those things start resonating, those careers also start resonating and talking to people i.e. informational interviews, it gives you a real chance. Now, what does a project manager do or what does an account manager do? So you start learning about the industries and there's so many different industries. There's so many different careers that it is, you're right, it is very overwhelming, but you have to start somewhere. And sometimes with an assessment or just having a good heart-to-heart conversation with a stranger and talk about what you love to do, a lot of different things will bubble up from that conversation. Where, where do you start these conversations? Like where can, where can people start and start searching for people to talk to? Um, I'm going to definitely say Veterati, which is a veteran mentor um, platform is a great place. And then also use LinkedIn. I mean, it is a great place to connect with people. If you know how to use the filters, you can find people who work for companies who were also maybe in the same branch of service that you went to, maybe the same university. I was, speaking with a veteran the other day and we started with um, I think there was 44.8 million mechanical engineers that were on LinkedIn. By the time we nailed it down to the branch that she served in the city she wants to work in and the university she went to, I think there was 64 veterans that she could speak to. So it's a shorter list and attainable list that she could reach out and then start doing informational interviews And then also there's, you know, someone like me, I'm free. So you want to reach out to someone who can help and guide and show you all these resources. But I'd say the top two that I recommend right now are are both um, LinkedIn and uh, Veterati. Okay, that's great. I kind of want to dive deeper into that, finding the very specific things. Um, Is that something that that LinkedIn has kind of the tutorial on? Um, Just trying to think of it from the perspective of a, a brand new LinkedIn user who's a transitioning service member, uh, what are some ways that they can kind of more target their search for the specific veterans to reach out to? Um, Yes. So if you do have premium, which veterans do get premium for one year free, so you can sign up for premium. And once you get premium on the LinkedIn platform, you also get LinkedIn learning. So you can research all the databases through LinkedIn learning of different ways to learn how to search. I personally love to teach it because I can show, you know, via Zoom or a Teams call how to search it and navigate and how to put all the filters in and how to take that 4.8 million and get it down to a number that's reasonable. And you can definitely learn that on LinkedIn Learning or you can learn it from someone who coaches LinkedIn. But it's a great place and a great database to get to people who are like-minded and who probably will help you because you have some common either military background or maybe university background or high school. And then there is some common thread there that someone says, Hey, you know what? I'm willing to have a 15 minute call with you. Similar to LinkedIn, right? Like you mentioned previously, branding, 
Can you tell us a little bit more about what what is branding? What does that mean for for you? Well, um, for me, it means what people think about you when you're not in the room. So, you know, if someone says, hey, do you anyone know Monica McNeil? And someone rattles off a bunch of stuff. That is my brand. So your brand is everything from your resume because it talks about you. When you get to LinkedIn, I always call it that's your 2.0 brand because now people see kind of like a living resume. They see a photo of yourself. You get to talk about your volunteer work. It's a much broader story about yourself. So that part of the brand is really important. Obviously, other social media, depending if it's appropriate, um, I often will tell people or requests, I should say, that um, maybe some Facebook has to come down with their career searching if their Facebook is not as clean and polished as they want their brand to be. So sometimes they ask them to go dark during that period. And other social media platforms, some of them are fabulous at branding yourself. You know, if it's um, Instagram, if that's the right one, then use that one. Twitter, you can definitely continue to brand yourself. But it's really what people think about you when you're not in the room and what they say about you. So that is very powerful. And it's also, it can be tarnish very easy and it also can be built up very easy so you have to kind of work on your brand all the time can you dive deeper into why branding is so important when you're transitioning from the military into the civilian side yeah people want to know who are you and that who are you maybe was defined in your past life by your company it maybe was defined by what you did um, professionally and you can rebrand yourself and I hate to use myself as an example, but over the 40 years of being in the workforce, I've rebranded myself more than once. I change industries, I've changed my direction, and I'm getting ready to do another rebrand. So you can rebrand and redefine who you are. You're not the same person. You evolve over time. So this is an opportunity, especially for transitioning. You know, what do you see yourself? How do you want to live? Where do you have your passion? Where do you have that stake in the ground that you want to make a difference? I always say you can make a difference every day in the in the life of somebody. So that is your chance to when you brand yourself to get out there and you know what do you want people to remember you? What is your legacy? What is going to be your mark on this world when you leave it? So it it can be flipped, it can be changed, and it's fun to rebrand. And there's a little thing I'm working on right now is called redefine you. And that's really to focus on people, especially 50 plus who are entering the workforce. And how do you rebrand yourself? And how do you redefine who you are? Because you still have a valuable work set that a company might need. But how do you brand yourself and get that messaging out to the companies? So it can be done. Can, can you speak a little? I know you said you're still working on it. Are you able to speak a little bit more into details of that? I think that's a pretty important piece for, you know, those ones that are retiring um, and and still want to go into the workforce? Yeah, I'm getting close. It's, it's close to launching. Um, and it will be really focusing on, obviously, veterans and military families. Um, and then there will be those, especially if you're retiring from the military, that's a whole different redefining who you are and often a very different branding because you're also at an age where you're entering the civilian workforce um, at a different level. And you potentially have had a pretty successful career of 20 plus years in the military. So how do you go back, redefine who you are and rebrand yourself? So the website and everything is being 
it's kind of under construction at this point, and I hope to get it launched before fall. But yes, that's coming soon to the internet near all of us. So very excited about it. Awesome. That's great. That's great. Are there any key pieces that you that come to mind when it comes to working on your branding and, and having that image for yourself? Yeah, be authentic. It's really important to be who you are. You cannot project something that you're not because when people meet you face to face, what you put on a piece of paper, what you have on your LinkedIn or what you're writing in your blog, if it's not authentic, people will notice that right away. And especially through the interview process. And I love where corporations are taking the DNI today because we all have to get hired on what we can bring to a company and who we are and what we can offer. So just be very authentic. I think it's really important. So you touched on an interesting point here, being, being authentic and in the interview, can you touch a little bit more about that and what that means? Yeah, I think at this point, there's so much information about companies, cultures on each of their websites. And especially if you do informational interviews, you don't have to pretend you fit into a box anymore in most companies, which is really important. When I started in the workforce in, 1980. Uh, it's scary. Um, at that point, man, I still had to wear a skirt to work. I had to wear hosiery to work. And so the world has come to a, a very different place, which I'm very happy about. But you want to be who you are because that will really shine through to a company because in most cases, you'll align your compass with a company's compass. There are companies I would probably never work for because I don't believe in what they do and how they project themselves. So that's not a company I would go after. But when you're interviewing, they want to know who you really are, because that is how they're going to really have the best employee. And you're going to have the best work experience by being who you are. I want to flip this on the other on the other side, too. So, right, you're, you're getting interviewed from the employees, but you're also interviewing the employer as well. Can you um, are there certain ways or, or things that veterans can do in the interview process to really figure out if this if this interview that I'm having with this company is really a company that I see myself working for. Uh, great point. And yes, you often interview the company and a lot of it is research that you do prior. And that's where it's kind of fun. Once again, using LinkedIn platform, find an employee who maybe no longer works there because they're more often to speak candid with you about their experience. Now remember, it's a data point. It is just one piece of information. But you can definitely talk to former employees. Um, another resource, Glassdoor has um, definitely comments about companies. It, once again, I'd use it as a data point because they're not always happy employees when they leave or where the situation is. But you do all this work up front. And so when you get to the interview, you can ask some questions. For example, how long has this position been open? And what was the person's last person's trajectory in the company? And you want to make sure that you ask extremely professional questions. If you're prodding a little bit, you're not going to go in with, hey, I read in the news that this is what happened in your company. But I also do Google alerts on companies that I'm following because I want to know what's happening immediately. So that way it's a little bit of a, once again, it's a data point. So follow those companies on LinkedIn, do some Google alerts, talk to people currently in the company and talk to former employees, and you'll get a real good feel about that company culture. Now, sometimes it could be way off. I always say there's, you know, 
I could be a great fit for some companies and not others, just because I know enough research and I've done enough research about with them that I know that's not going to be a good fit for me. So a good fit is on both sides, both as the employer and the employee. I think that's a good point when you talk about the, the fit, because as part of the process, you you might not get every job offer or every opportunity that you are searching for when you transition out, even on the civilian side, right? When you're doing a regular job search, you might apply for a few companies, go through a few interview loops, and some might reject you. So I want to talk a little bit about the process and the expectations, uh, because the military is very straightforward when it comes to your, your path, right? Can you talk a little bit about mentally um, preparing for some of these things and just having some of those key elements like career readiness and branding and what that means when you're going through those processes? Don't do it alone. <laughs> the process is very, very disappointing. Um, you have to be resilient. And the real life is you're going to apply for positions. You're going to hear back from none of them. Some you might hear back and they're going to think you're the best candidates in sliced bread. They love you. They love you. They love you. I'm talking they, the recruiter. And then all of a sudden you don't hear from them ever again. And it's really a hard process, but until you really understand what a recruiter does, what a sourcer does, and company culture. I mean, maybe this position was posted and was available, and third quarter earnings came out, and they're not hiring. So none of those jobs are even available right now. So I always say grab a good friend, grab someone like myself that you can just be a little frustrated with, but you got to be able to pick yourself back up because it's all about timing. And just because you're looking for a job and you'd really want to work at a certain company doesn't mean they have that job at that moment for you. So a lot of it is timing. A lot of it, I would say 87% of it is about who you know at a company who can help navigate you through the process because the ATS system, which is automatic tracking system for resume is real in many companies. So you have to understand all the blocks of the puzzle of the puzzle that really put this together, just putting out a resume. And I've talked to people who have applied for 200 jobs and have had zero response. Well, then I find out they've used the same resume. They're really not qualified for the position. They do no follow-up. They don't know anyone in the company. And then working with me or someone like myself, you know, let's target some companies. Let's have a strategy and this particular gentleman um, was exiting out of the Navy. And three weeks after of really having a plan and a strategy and doing it the right way, he landed a phenomenal job. And he's still there today. And he's been there for almost five years. So those things are part of cutting down some of the frustration because applying online and never hearing back, or what's worse, is getting the rejection letter within 30 seconds well, that tells me the ATS system is seeing something that you don't have. So you have to take that job description, write a targeted resume for every position, not same resume. It's a targeted resume for every position to help you get through the ATS and also to show that you really care about this position, that you're willing to take the time, do a targeted resume, even if you're sending it to someone internal to say, hey, take a look at this. So I cut down some of the frustration, but don't do it alone. It is a really ugly process. I think that's a great point. When something new that hasn't been brought up um, is having someone else to support you along the way. And I think that's great. Uh, are there any other topics that you feel like 
are essential for the transition period for military veterans or just any general advice you'd like to share? Yeah, I I think there's one other piece and that is um, create your network before you need it. And I do find many of the veterans that I work with kind of surround themselves within their community, which I get because that's what they do every day. But you have to start finding a network outside of your current situation. And that's for all of us. And I'll give examples talking with a veteran the other day. And when he was getting ready to transition, he went up and down the hall of, I guess, the headquarters and said, hey, we're so-and-so. And they go, oh, he, he's no longer here. He's now with Company X. And so he started taking notes of every person that he knew that left, transitioned out and is working at a company. And he used that as his first call to say, hey, tell me about your transitioning. Tell me about the company you're working for. But you've got to expand your network. And it's kind of like I sometimes feel my network now is in the veteran military family community, but I also have a ton of other interests and I have to maintain some other contacts and network in other of my interests, just in case I decide to reinvent myself and do something completely different. So start figuring out what civilians you might know. Maybe it's a contact at church or your child's soccer team or whatever the situation is. Um, Go to some meetups to get you out of that space in the military, you're going to find a lot of civilians at meetups, you know, join some Facebook groups, join some LinkedIn groups, but you're going to expand your network. So if I need it today and I uh, have a real life example, I needed a couple people who are HR SHRM specialists this week for a situation that I'm with a nonprofit. And you know what? That network was there. And because I've developed that over all these years and I, they took my phone call, they helped me. So I always say, build your network before you need it. And that's when you transition. That's when you're currently at a company, because the chance of you working for a company as a civilian for 30 years is slim and none. And working for the same company for 20 years is probably slim and none. So you're going to have a new career. Even after you leave the military, there is a, stat out there, they say the average college graduate today has 14 different careers before they retire. So people change jobs often. They change often for the, often the right reason. They get promoted or they get an opportunity to work for a company that they want to work for. And in many cases, they also get a pay raise. So there is some reason to have and keep building your network outside of your tight world. Awesome. That's great. If if people have some follow-up questions um, or they want to reach out to you and get some help from you, what are what's the best way to, for them to reach out to you? I'm very open to Monica.McNeil, that's M-C-N-E-A-L, at Outlook.com, or you're welcome to text me at 206-852-4559. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Monica, and sharing all this good information. There's some definitely actionable items that people can take away from this. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. I just will add one thing. Um, last year, beyond my day job, I did coach and mentor 320 different people. And that was either one to three hours per person. And it was just a phenomenal growing opportunity for me and an ability for me to share and give back to the community. So it was a really good year for mentoring. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Monica and learned some tips and tricks to be career ready, as well as how to shape your brand. I'll leave the links we talked about in the show notes. And thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.
Like my first name, Phil.